Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy our shoe and looking to buy a new Carolina Panthers jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and get 25% off your next order. That's p-o-d-g-o dot c-o slash f-a-n-a-t-i-c-s. Fanatics officially licensed everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. Hey, and I don't have a horrible accent this week. Hey, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> uh, I uh, unfortunately was not chosen to be part of the Real Housewives of Charlotte. <sighs> I know, uh, no, I know. And that was what our fans were questioning. Like, <laughs> did he make it? I know he would bring the drama. Yeah, thanks for all of your encouraging words, Jerry, <laughs> and then everyone who reached out to me privately. I appreciate that. Um, uh, no, I actually I had a terrible ear infection and just couldn't even stand the thought of putting on headphones or earbuds or anything. So I had to bail out on Jerry, but thought you did a really good job on the recap, Jerry, even though it was a terrible, terrible defeat for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But in a, it was good in a certain way. It, it was good that we lost instead of, you know, won a meaningless yeah, game and dropped yeah. even worse. So Yeah, we end up with the eighth, eighth overall pick. Um, that is official now. So we will definitely get into that more as the months go by when the draft is approaching. Um, yeah, in our upcoming weeks, what we plan on doing is going over every week, going over one player that the Panthers could possibly pick at the eighth pick. Now, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be in one of these because there's no <laughs> prayer he would fall there. But, you know, maybe a Trey Lance, a Makai Parsons, those gentlemen. And if you have any suggestions for someone we could possibly pick at eight, send it to our email, uh, mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. Yeah, we'll focus on who we think could be at eight. I mean, obviously the Panthers could always trade up, things like that. So uh, we might take a, a flyer on a couple of guys that – you never know, but uh, it'll be mostly those that aren't being mocked around eight or that we think could mm-hmm. fall. So, um, All right, so before we get started today, just wanted to update everyone on the contest. Again, uh, we're looking for your most awkward experiences, interactions with Carolina Panthers players or staff. Uh, we've gotten several entries so far that are all great. Uh, we're going to do this for one more week. Um couple of them are very cringe uh but yeah we'll do this for one more week so anybody still wants to get in can get in uh, everybody gets something and the uh, story that we think is most cringe uh we will award a carolina or a, a meow mix swag bag i guess uh t-shirt koozie a few, few, few little things um so doesn't cost you anything send us a story uh and one more piece of housekeeping, Jerry. There is a bet that must be paid out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I lost incredibly bad. I <laughs> thought the Panthers were going to actually keep it close, and they did up until, like I said, the third quarter in that second interception. If Teddy didn't throw that, if they would have scored that touchdown, I have a feeling it would have been – I think I would have won it. But yeah, and to remind an interception, everyone. and the snowball just started piling up. <laughs> Uh, Jerry and I bet that, uh, what was it, 13 and a half points, I think. Yes. Uh, the line was six and a half, so I gave Jerry an, a whole extra touchdown. And the Panthers lost by, what, 26? More than 13 and yeah. a half. We'll just say that. Yeah. So Jerry was forced to purchase an item from Amazon, uh, $10 or under. I don't know if you went over or not, but $10 or under. I did not go over. Okay. And send it to my house. So sight unseen, it is right here for the YouTube viewers. It is a bag from Amazon to make sure that my address isn't seen on there, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> edit that out. Turn it around. 
so I will be opening this right now, and I will describe it to the listeners. Can I just say the bag is smaller than I expected? I thought it would be in a box. Oh, okay. Well, there could be a box inside the bag. Uh, oh, wow. It is a bag full of small rubber duckies. 50. 50, 50 rubber duckies. Rubber You're welcome. Duckies. Amazon warehouse deals inspected. So these are probably used rubber duckies as well. Oh, yeah. That's even better <laughs> for you. No, they they didn't say used. They were uh, okay, they were like rubber duckies, box. though. I thought it were going to be a little bit bigger than that. They look really They're tiny. They're very small rubber duckies. Um, I'll open one up and show you their size. <laughs> Do they squeak? They're wet. They're all wet. <laughs> How are they wet? I don't know, but they're wet. I bought a new thing. I didn't go to like the warehouse and do it. Very small. Uh, and yes, quite wet. And I, I, they, they are used, Jerry. They are dirty. Huh. It looks like they were probably... I don't know if you can see the bag. The, uh, the, it's the condensation out. on the bag. Yeah, so thank you, Jerry, for this used set of fifty <laughs> small rubber used duckies. Makes this even funnier. I just thought fifty rubber duckies would be hilarious. I'll just drop them why. in a bag of or in a, uh, a sink full of bleach. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I should thought probably wash my hands immediately. I thought fifty rubber duckies was just gonna be funny. <laughs> now that they're used, it's just like, oh wow, that's weird. Yes, it's funny and slightly mean. And uh, a perfect <laughs> gift. And I hope that I lose next time. <laughs> I tried to make the line high enough to where I thought I would lose. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, now that that fun is over, let's get to some Panthers uh, and NFL news. I guess we'll kick it off with NFL news. Yeah, we're just going to hit the NFL real quick. Uh, just Black Monday. Uh, usually the coaches that get fired uh, are on Monday. This year was a little bit different. I think a majority of the coaches got fu- terminated beforehand. Mm-hmm. But Adam Gase, no surprise. Doug Barone, no surprise. And Anthony Lee, uh, I can't speak. Anthony Lynn were fired on Monday. I opened up three more head coaching spots. Yeah, I guess the only, I, if you could call it a surprise, would be Anthony Lynn. They finished out pretty strong. I know he's been there for four years, and they've lost all four years. And yeah. It was probably time, but I could have seen them with Justin Herbert looking strong, maybe giving him one more opportunity. But yeah. That's exactly my thought. Is I thought they would give him another one with Herbert looking good and that defense just getting decimated by injuries. I thought they would give him one more chance, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not a wow, wow. No, no real surprises. I mean, no shockers or anything. No, the surprise is who they're interviewing. The Chargers are interviewing Jason Garrett. I they saw want that. to be mediocre so bad. There's like Marvin Lewis is being interviewed a couple places. See, Marvin Lewis to the Jets, I think, is kind of a <clears throat> smart move. Because Marvin Lewis, remember when he took over the Bengals, the Bengals were just awful every year, top five pick. Mm-hmm. And then he took over and they started change the culture and stuff. I could see him doing that with uh, yeah, the but- Jets. I guess the but culture eventually else, no. reverted back, right? Like, they were pretty terrible towards the end of his tenure there as well. No, yeah, he had one, <clears throat> one really bad season, and that's when they fired him. I mean, they only made, well, yeah. Either way, um, no, no super. I, I was wondering if the Cowboys would make a move, but I think just given Dak's injury and everything, they're going to give McCarthy one more chance. I do too. I, I, I was a little shocked, but yeah. Yeah. There's other, there's no other names I see out there that can get axed at the moment, in my opinion. I did see that um, Urban Meyer is the favorite for the Jacksonville mm-hmm. job. It's basically, from what I've read, is if he wants it, it's his. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he expects to be offered the job. So, uh, you know, for, I guess, three or four years, that'll be interesting, but he'll eventually Him leave. and Trevor Lawrence <laughs> for three or four years, yeah. Yeah. Now, moving on, Roger Goodell sent a memo out, and he says that he plans to invite vaccinated healthcare workers to the Super Bowl. They're going to be the fans. I say awesome. this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I, mean, I hope that they're. I hope they just give them tickets. Like I hope yep. that there's no 
they don't charge or... him or anything. Uh, and I, I hope that they do as much as possible screening as much as possible. That way, it's the healthcare workers going mm-hmm. in right. instead of selling off to some rich guy or, or even like I want the healthcare workers. I don't want the executives that got, you know, right, right. that hopped the line and <laughs> yeah didn't really need to be vaccinated. But I, yeah. I want the doctors and nurses out there as I had much seen... as possible. I had seen someone saying like they were thinking of a lot of different scenarios. And one scenario that they were considering was to bus in 50,000 people, put them up in some hotel rooms for a month. Basically, basically a bubble, create a bubble. Who's got a month to be off work? I'm just saying this was one of the ideas that was being kicked around. And then those would be the fans for the Super Bowl. So they would have a packed house that was theoretically safe. Uh, to me, that seemed ridiculous. Test them every day. Test 50,000 people every day. Crazy. Crazy. I, I feel like <clears> those <throat> tests can be used somewhere else. Yeah, really. <laughs> I like, I this, like idea. this idea. Yeah. yeah. They're vaccinated. They're healthcare workers. They deserve it after what they've been going over for the past year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you yeah. get fans at the stands. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's get into the Panther news. Now, the Panthers have been doing some interviewing for the GM. Let me re- Boy, li- have they. <laughs> <laughs> I think the list is the number is up to 12 now. Yeah. All right, Bills assistant GM Joe Schoen, Browns vice president of football operations Quasi Adolfo Minze. Minze. I'm going to butcher a few of these names. Let's just <laughs> Get that out of the way. Nothing personal. This is why I let you read this list. My favorite <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds. Former Giants GM Jerry Reese. Former Dolphins GM Jeff Ireland. I really hope not Jeff Ireland. That just seems like a horrible decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs director of football operations Brant Tillis. Chiefs assistant director of player personnel Ryan Poles. 49ers... Vice Director of Player Personnel, Adam Peters. Titans Director of Player Personnel, Monty Ossenfort. Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Champ Kelly. That's a lot. And then they had two internal guys interview as well. I think they're interviewing this weekend or tomorrow or something, Friday. And I have a feeling one of them's getting it. I think that Samari guy is going to get it. I can't think of his last name. Yeah, it could be. Um I think that it's pretty open right now, honestly. Uh, we saw what happened when Tepper ran into Matt Rule during the mm-hmm. interview process. He basically camped out at his house for two days until he reeled him in. This hasn't well, yeah. happened so far with the GM search. Yeah, basically from that hiring of Matt Rule is Marty Herney and him went there, and then there was a switch, I guess, during that interview that it was like, hey, this is our guy. Yeah. Let's let's get him. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering if that was going to happen during this process and maybe it's just a completely different process to where Tepper is just going to be completely open-minded and and interview everyone before he makes that decision. I really don't want Jeff Ireland like you said. I don't want Jerry Reese. I really don't want to retread. I don't want someone's old GM that got fired. Yeah. Well, Jerry Reese here. did have some good years and He did, but I I just as the I, I want something different. I guess. I, I could see that. I wouldn't mind either of the internal guys, Pat Stewart and the guy that you mentioned, um, Asamoah or whatever his last name is. Um, I like Ed Dodds, the Colts assistant GM. Yeah. I think that would be a smart hire. He apparently is a very hot name right now. They also interviewed uh, Nick Casario, but he went to the, the uh, Texans. Yeah. He was hired by the Texans. And the Texans have been wanting him for years. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, I also like, so I like Ed Dodds. I like Monty Ossenfort from the Titans. Uh, I think both of those would be interesting hires. I see. I would prefer to go more to a winning team. I like Ed I mean, Dodds. The Titans I, have I, been a winning team for the last yeah, few but years. I don't see, and they I, have I, some I, really interesting players on that team. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I'm they've not a made, big fan of that talent roster. I I know not, that they've been I mean, winning. 
I think they did a, a really smart thing getting Tannehill. He's been great for them. Derrick Henry has been great for them. A.J. Brown has been great for them. Yeah, A.J. Brown. It, I mean, when healthy, is a yeah. top-tier receiver. I think they've done a good job there. Yeah, I would prefer someone from the Chiefs. Um, our internal guy, um, Bill's uh, assistant GM, I'd really like him. Yeah, yeah. I, that's some Continue really the Buffalo to Carolina connection. Um, I, I I will say that I'm not too upset about the the Patriots guy and the Patriots guy Nick Casario has been a hot name for several years now and the Patriots just wouldn't let him go anywhere. Yeah, kept blocking um, any chance he could. Yeah, I think if I were a team out there now, the Texans obviously were in love with this guy for several years now. So I, you know, whatever for them. But if I was a team, I think I'd stay away from Patriots coaches and front office for a couple of years because this year was bad like and the players they had on the field it was bad now they had a lot of people opt out in the preseason but that team was not a well put together team this year and i think i'd I'd want to see uh, you know the post tom brady era i'd like to see where the team goes and there hasn't been much success from coaches and you know personnel player people when they leave that organization so i mean the track record i'm sure there's a a few like bill o'brien was actually a success Um, yeah mostly yeah the dolphins uh coach right now is a success i can't think of his name my mind's drawing a blank mm -hmm. but he's been great down there yeah so yeah, he's been awesome. He's probably the the pinnacle of success so far that a Patriots coach has had. There was uh, I don't remember who the GM was that left the Patriots, and I think he went to the Chiefs for several years. He was really good. Uh, I think he's since retired, but I can't think of many others. No. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Belichick's we'll, regime and he runs mm-hmm. the whole show. So I'm not unless you're getting him, you're not. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on this GM search, and once there's a hire made, we'll you know if it's an off day for us, we'll we'll do an emergency podcast and talk about it. But um, so far, it doesn't seem like there's a leader in the clubhouse. No, I'm just, I my only all these guys are good. I mean, the only ones I really don't want to see, like you said, is Jeff mm-hmm. Ireland and mm-hmm. Jerry Reese. I probably wouldn't prefer to see either, but. Yeah, Everybody I just don't, else, I don't I mean, want a former GM. Uh, and I don't think, and that doesn't seem like what Tepper would would do. You know? Yeah. I don't mind interviewing them just to see the difference between someone who's done the job and, you know, someone who hasn't done the job. I think it's smart to interview those guys, but I hope that, that neither one of them is hired. Yep. Now, moving on, uh, LSU hired former Panthers quarterback co- coach Jake Peets. As offensive coordinator, this kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Jake Peets was the running back coach last year, mm-hmm. and then this year he was a quarterbacks coach under two different regimes, and then get jumped up to an offensive coordinator for LSU, which is a you know a a major big college program. program. Yeah. I I'll I'll power to him. My guess is Joe Brady probably put in a good word for him. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you probably got it. Yeah. And he's taking with him a former Panthers offensive assistant, DJ Mangus, as passing game coordinator. And that's the title Joe Brady had at mm-hmm. LSU. Yep. So, yeah. Lose it uh, to uh, offensive coaches there. Well, once you, if you can take the guy that, you know, coached Teddy Bridgewater this season, you have to get him. That's all I have to say. You have to. You <laughs> can't let that guy walk. With those two coaches gone, Joe Brady interviewing for the Falcons, Chargers, and Texans vacancies, head coaching vacancies, is a big deal. If he goes, be interesting, yeah. How that offense? I mean, they may have to basically rebuild that offensive coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know I saw that Brady, I think, did a virtual interview with the Falcons today. I don't know if he's interviewed with the Chargers and Texans yet, but he will if he hasn't already, or if he doesn't get hired by the Falcons. So 
Less teams than I think we all assumed would interview him prior to the season when we expected him to be a one and done, you know, because we thought the Panthers were just going to be insane on offense and uh, not quite as maybe in demand as we feared. Yeah, but all three of those teams have a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, too. True, true. You know, if it happens, it happens. It happened when Rivera came in with Chazinski. You know, mm-hmm. he was gone, I think, after the first season. And it happened when John Fox's first year with Jack Del Rio. Yeah, defensive coordinator, yep. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, 20, there's quite a few, like, 20-year-old people are going, who? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jack Del, well, Jack Del Rio is still in the league. He's Washington's D.C., so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be a bummer if that, but, I mean, gosh, Joe Brady, what, he's like 31 now? I mean, mm-hmm. to be a head coach in the NFL at that age is, ooh. I mean, Sean he's going to be a head coach it. at some point, you know. So, yeah, I, I know it just doesn't happen often. So, I, do, I think he probably still needs another year. I don't think the offense improved throughout the season. I think it actually regressed throughout the season. Well, so. Teddy Bridgewater definitely regressed. regressed so, um, And as Teddy went, it seemed like the Panthers went. So, yeah. One more piece of news here, Jerry. Good news. Panthers signed kicker Joey Sly to an extension through 2021. So he'll he's on the roster at this point for next year. I assume they'll bring in someone in the offseason mm-hmm. to compete with him, and then it'll be a kicking competition. Yeah, there will be a competition for sure. Uh, he, you know, Joey was not the model of consistency this year uh, and was pretty bad on 50-plus yard. Actually, it was terrible on 50-plus yard field goals. A few of those you know, were probably on Matt rule because they would have been, you know, close to 70 yards, but, uh, you know, you let go Graham Gano, who led the league in kicking. Well, was second, I think in the league in kicking efficiency this year. And Joey would have won a couple of games for us, you know, had he converted some of those kicks. So, uh, but I'm glad to see him back. I like Joey. So we'll see. Um, all right, so let's move on to this last piece of news. If you want to call it news, the Panthers' opponents for 2021 have officially been set. Uh, so we know the divisional opponents, obviously. We won't talk about them too much. <clears throat> but we will also be playing the NFC East, which is Woo-hoo! great. <laughs> yeah! We will be playing We'll take the... those cheap wins if we can. <laughs> there you go. The AFC East. Uh, so the Jets, Bills, Pats, and Dolphins, which eh, not quite as exciting there. A few of those teams are pretty good. Yeah, uh, we'll be playing the the Vikings and the Cardinals, and then we'll also be playing the Texans as the seventeenth team. And the Texans, I, forgot. I didn't yeah. realize that we did, we are doing seventeen games next. Apparently, year. I guess they they have recently approved the seventeenth game for for next season. So that Houston Texans game right now, we don't know if it's home or away. Um, real quick, the home opponents, uh, Washington, Philadelphia, New York, Jets, uh, New England Patriots, and Minnesota Vikings. Away, Cowboys, Giants, Bills, Dolphins, Cardinals, and then, of course, our own divisional opponents. So we don't know where that Houston Texans game is going to be, if it's a neutral side game, if it's going to be. Yeah, I'm kind of curious on how the NFL is going to do this, especially with season do... ticket holders. Yeah, I think eventually – it would make sense that that 17th neutral site game is a, a London game and they just do one a week. To me, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, that would work because yeah. then you have, you know, 32 teams and everything yeah. else. That's 16 weeks. 16, yeah, that would yeah. work. To me, I think that's what they want to do eventually. I, if We'll see how COVID does if they go to London this year. Uh, they could do London. They could do Mexico City as they've done in years past. Mm-hmm. They could do somewhere in Canada. Toronto. As done in years past. Toronto yep. has a big uh, American football. Following. I think that's the smart thing to do is just make those neutral site games and some of these expansion potential expansion a- international cities. game. Just call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. You could do San Antonio. You could do Oklahoma City. You know, some of these places that that the NFL has explored putting teams before and have and, see- and have college stadiums or have nice facilities. You know. I could easily see that. And I think it's smart, actually. Yeah, that would be a good way for them to gain intel. Yeah. All right. It's time Mm -hmm. to do the season review for the Panthers. Let's take a quick break, 
Jerry. We'll come back and we'll do the season review. Okay. And now for a quick break and a word from our sponsor. I want to tell you about Ubico. Ubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Ubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at Yubico.com. That's code POD, P-O-D, at Yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. And we are back. All right, so we're not going to go game by game here. We, we did that throughout the season. If you guys want to hear our thoughts on the games, feel free to go back and listen to our recaps. They are all out there. Really? And many tears in some of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who would want to do that, but you could if you really <laughs> wanted to. There might be five of them that you want to listen to. Um, although, listen to the last one that's a, a Jerry Solo podcast if, if you haven't yet. But uh, I think what I really wanted to just do here is kind of talk about how do we think the season went versus our expectations? All right. So when we when we did our preview episode, we both thought that this was not going to be a winning season. A five or six winning five or six wins. I said. Yeah, which is what we got. Um, the Panthers teased us a little bit by starting off three and two. Yeah. And then promptly dropped nine of the last eleven games. Right? I think I got the math right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Bridgewater started off as like a top five quarterback in the league in for Fuego. the first few weeks. Yeah, he was play- He he yeah. had people believe in, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then not so much. <laughs> it was it was incredible his regression this year. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, like Vegas, we put up thirty points. Yeah. Week one. Week one, we looked. Great. I mean, he would throw the ball deep. I mean, I remember a mm-hmm. deep pass on that game to yeah. Robbie Anderson. We were excited. Yeah. Very excited. We were like, finally, we're throwing deep. I, I remember that because Cam couldn't throw the deep the past few years when he yeah. was a starter. Yep. And then it just completely went away. Yeah, it just it seemed like week by week either. And it seemed to start when he got hurt uh, in Tampa. That's what Matt Rule has pointed at to saying that from then on it was sort of a gradual downhill for Teddy. Um, I think it started a little before that, personally. But, yeah, as Teddy went, the Panthers went, it seemed. Mm -hmm. And when he was really good, they they were right in every game. And when he was bad, they weren't. I saw um, CBS.com have put out a grade for each of the new coaches. Oh. And they gave Matt Rule a D. Yeah, they gave Matt Mike McCarthy like a C plus. They gave Matt Rule a D. Uh and they said that the Panthers just weren't competitive. And I'm thinking, did you watch any of the games because to me what I saw this season was the Panthers outside of really two games. Yeah. We're competitive in every game. I mean, they uh, lost eight it games was three by games. three games. Uh, uh, yeah, the last I, I forgot about the last game. I wasn't re- here recapping on that one, so that one didn't really count. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Panthers lost eight games by less than one score. Yeah. And I, I, they were very competitive against good teams like Kansas City. They were in that game. At New know, Orleans, we were in the first New game. New Orleans, in that game. Tampa Green Bay. Bay in that game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, these were these were teams that we could have beaten. Minnesota, we were right there. I mean, Minnesota wasn't a great team, but that was a very close game. The Bears, it was a close game. Yeah, I don't agree with that D. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it because to me, I think Matt Rule kind of. And look at the talent difference between Dallas and Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I Carolina cleaned house before the season. We started all the what, veterans three or four gone. rookies every game. 
on defense. Every single one of the seven draft picks, all defensive, played significant time this season. It, yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. I mean, and the Panthers cleaned house. They lost Luke Keekley. Chris McCaffrey didn't play but three games the entire season. That's your two best players on mm-hmm. the team weren't here for most of the season. In Luke's case, all the season. Well, Luke's gone. I mean, he retired. Yeah. But from last year, you're absolutely correct. Well, that's what I'm saying. But when Matt, when Rule was hired, I guess he probably knew when when he was hired. But still, that's not a piece that they expected not to be on the team. Correct. From last year. But he's um, been supposedly very influential to uh, Jeremy Chin and... Thank God, right? I, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, so to me, and Tepper said... You know, when he fired Rivera and the the rebuild was on, right? Yeah. He stated very specifically that there could be some lean years before the Panthers were consistent, that they're trying to build a winner. They're, it's not, they're not looking to compete immediately for the Super Bowl, that they're trying, excuse me, to build a consistent winner. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. So we all expected this to be one of these five or six win seasons. Most That's of exactly us expected what you, that rational fans that were paying attention should have expected that. You know, there's the rose-colored glasses people that think every year is a Super Bowl opportunity, but next year, though, is the Super Bowl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I thought Matt Rule did a good job. I did, too. Uh, g- given what he was had to work with, uh, I think he learned a lot, and I think next year with a full off-season program – with uh, you know some more money to play with, not nearly as dead and much dead cap going into the season, and some options that this is going to be, and hopefully a healthy CMC, that it could be a very different year. So what would okay? So CBS it was gave him a D. CBS.com, yeah. Uh, so what would you give him? I mean, I'd give him a, I'd probably give him like a B plus. See, honestly. I would give him a B. I yeah. again, I think the offense regressing is not why is why it's not higher. Phil yeah. Snowd, I I saw improvements throughout yeah. the season, and once Tyre Whitehead went out for Jermaine Carter as a start, mm-hmm. you could see the defense really responded. The game in Denver was really bad, and last week was bad, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I feel midway through this season I was ready to fire Phil Snow, and now oh, yeah. I'm seeing. A difference I'm showing, and it showed also that he would started blitzing more. It felt mm-hmm. like he he learned from some of the ways he was playing. Oh, the NFL is different. I have to tweak my game plan a little bit, right. and it started working. Yeah, and you know, with a little bit more seizing and some better players, I think this defense can grow. And I think they have the pieces to be a really good defense in the future. Brian Burns, Jeremy mm-hmm. Chin, Derek Brown. I mean, those three are good lunch pins. And I, Dante Jackson had a good ending of the season when he was healthy. When he was healthy, he played well. And that's another guy who was out, hurt most of the season, your mm-hmm. number one starting corner. Um, yeah, so, you know, and it's weird to give a 5-11 and 11 coach a B-plus, I know that, or even a B. Yeah, but I just think given what he had to work with, given my expectations coming into the season, uh, and the fact that they were competitive, I mean, they were, you know, the ball swings a different way in a few of these games, and they're in the playoff picture in yeah, year absolutely. one. I mean, it's, and I think it worked out okay because now we're going to get a top ten draft pick out of it, and Matt Rule learned a lot of lessons that you learn when you lose close games. Instead of maybe learning some false lessons when you win those close games so early, you get a little cocky, you get a little, you know, maybe you don't learn what you should have learned. I think he's going to learn how to win games. And man, I'm, I just, I think they made the right decision with the hire and I'm excited about the future. I do too. I think this team is in the right direction. I think there's a, there's one big key key piece that we need to find. Mm -hmm. I think we all know that. I, or at least in my eyes, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater being the franchise quarterback here. Mm-hmm. But and obviously they they need more players. But overall, yeah, I I agree. I think we're trending upwards. I think the team, you know, is going the right directions. And yeah, I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, I I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the season review. Um, we're gonna get into some awards now. So unless you had another anything else you wanted to say, no. Like okay. I said, I ju- I I went ahead and said everything. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater tra- regressed. Uh, Phil Snow's defense progressed. There you go. Um, yeah, and we'll see. I mean, if uh, Joe Brady gets the job and they have to bring another offensive coordinator, then that could set the time clock back a little bit. You know, yeah. if they have to to completely rebuild the offense, uh, we'll see. Because I don't think they would Matt have Rule... someone to take over right away. Yeah, I'm hoping Matt Rule had a big hand in building the offense. I'm sure he did. And maybe they don't lose a ton of the plays and, you know, how things are run around there. And, and it's basically just a different person. Making and it calls. felt like Matt rule was trying to help him get a coaching job by mm. having him coach on the sideline. Side yeah, we talked so, about that. So I'm wondering if he kind of had a slight contingency plan too. Yeah, that could be Could be. He, I mean, he has to be expecting it, mm-hmm. you know, if not this year, then next year. So, all right, so we're going to get into some awards here. Uh, we've got, let's see, what, like eight or nine awards that we're going to go through. Some of them are, you know, your typical offensive play of the year, defensive play of the year, but we have a few different ones here. So we're going to start off with best offseason move of the year. And what Jerry and I are going to do, we haven't seen each other's choices here. Um, so we're going to say our choices, and then we're going to talk about it and kind of up with a consensus one, you know, person who wins that award okay mm-hmm. best offseason move of the year who you signing got? robbie anderson signing robbie anderson is very good i put hiring matt rule mm, you win i i yeah i was thinking more player wise mm-hmm. on these and no i mean that matt rule runs the organization and if I think the game, the team is progressing and trending upwards, that's on Matt Rule. I yeah, I I can't argue Robbie Anderson over that. Yeah, I mean, I think Robbie Anderson was a great, you know, in terms of players signed, not drafted, but signed yeah. free agent wise, he well, was probably the best one, mm-hmm. easily. Um, but in terms of long terms, you know, long term di- direction of the franchise. Uh, I think Rule was the one, so good. I'm glad that was an easy one. Uh, worst off-season move of the year. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going first again. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I put signing Teddy Bridgewater. I did too. Oh, all uh, right. The main reason why I picked him over Tahir Whitehead is Tahir Whitehead signed a one-year contract. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's got to be here next year. Also, he, to hear Whitehead was easily benchable. <laughs> yeah. Signing Teddy Bridgewater to that three-year deal, and I liked it at the time, mm-hmm. it seems like eh, we should have signed him to a two-year prove-it deal, and then we yeah. could cut bait. But we're stuck with him next year, or at least just, on this roster. Or just rolled with Kyle Allen for a year, or mm-hmm. P.J. Walker, or Will Greer, Will Greer, or you know someone someone like that and just not spent the money maybe instead of – Signing Bridgewater, we sign Taylor Moten or mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel or, you know, make some of those long-term commitments instead of bringing in who a guy that you probably knew wasn't going to be the franchise quarterback long-term. And, uh, the Panthers are only $16 million under the cap, I believe, right at this moment. Yeah. So. Now, they could they could cut Teddy after but this that's year. But that's a huge dead cap. It's, it's huge. It's $20 million dead cap, but he's a $23 million cap hit. So they would technically save $3 million. I personally if think they If they drafted a quarterback. I personally I, feel like if you draft a quarterback, you keep Teddy Bridgewater on him on this roster next year. Anyways, that I way agree. if he's not ready, you can start Teddy until he's yeah. ready. I, I think unless they trade up for Lawrence or – Wilson or Fields or someone like that or Fields falls to them maybe if they've got a guy that's ready to start week one then I think you consider it maybe you trade Teddy if you can get anything for him we'll see uh, all right let down player of the year your turn to go first Christian McCaffrey that's who I've got CMC oh I thought I was gonna shock P- shock no, you with CMC. that Christian McCaffrey. I think uh, not his fault really but no but I mean you were he was supposed to be the linchpin in that offense, and he just yeah. he, he wasn't here all year. And yeah. it's almost to the point where I forgot about him to a certain extent. 
Well, he only played three out of 16 games. So, you know, he just wasn't around. Um, yeah, I think it, our whole season changed when he went yeah. out. That's at least three or four wins, I think, as close as these games were and as much red zone issues as the Panthers had, especially early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely could have swung a few games. So, <clears throat> I don't think there's any other option of letdown player of the year. I mean, you're not going to choose to hear Whitehead or no. somebody like that. Maybe Shaq. Shaq was someone who I thought about here just because of the financial commitment that the Panthers made to him, and I didn't feel like he really lived up to that. Um, but CMC's got to be the guy. Yeah, I agree. Next one's easy. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Do you want to say it on three? Troy Pryby Jr. No, <laughs> Jeremy Chin. <laughs> Jeremy Chin, yeah. Jeremy Chin. We've talked uh, about him left and right, and yep. he's he's close to being defensive rookie of the year. Probably mm-hmm. gonna fall second to Chase Young. Yeah. He he. Rep- I I don't want to say he replaced Luke Keekley, but he replaced him as much as a rookie type of player could. Yeah, he he definitely didn't replace Luke, but I think he is the future mm-hmm. in the middle of the defense. I and 100% that's what, agree. That's what you need, and, and that's what we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this next one is unheralded rookie of the year. So this is the guy that maybe didn't get the pub that Chin got, but was great or good, at least in his own See, and here. I went someone that's rarely talked about, and that's kind of what I went with. All right. I think we're probably going to get the same guy here. Okay. Go ahead does and go he, first. Does he use his foot a lot? Nope. I thought about okay. him. I almost okay. win. I went with Charlton, the punter. I, I, thought of, I thought about Charlton. I really did. I, it was between him and Sam Franklin for me. But Sam Franklin mm. was an undrafted rookie free agent ended up starting for this team and played pretty well when he had a chance. He started over a drafted player, Kenny Robinson. I, so I just wanted to give his his props. I thought he did a really good job, and I thought I gave it to him. That's why I gave it to him. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yes, he was he was good and, and definitely unheralded. Uh Charlton also an undrafted free agent that was signed and replaced a veteran uh, in Pilardi who has been a mainstay with the Panthers for you know several years now, and probably will end up supplanting Char- uh, Pilardi on the roster moving forward. Uh, Pilardi is a prime candidate to be cut and save a few million dollars in cap space. Um, Pilardi start or Charlton, excuse me, started every single game, all sixteen games. He won special teams player of the week in week 16. I mean, if you're really going to f- fight me or try to... No, I, yes, I mean, we're yes, having, Carl, the, we're having Carl, the talk. He, Charlton probably deserves it more just because he is that untalked about... But he is that starter, that constant starter in that position of one person. But I just want... That's why I kind of lean towards Sam Franklin. But yes, Charlton had a better season at his position than Sam Franklin. Okay. Well, I mean, this is what we want to come up with a consensus here. I think it's very worthy to mention Sam Franklin in this conversation. I mean, I even considered like Rodney Smith, who came in yeah, and was a, a good backup a good and, you know, uh, even started the last game of the season and, you know, was around, definitely unheralded, but was productive when he was in there. Um, I, I just couldn't really think of another player that was as impactful and also un, as unheralded <laughs> as Charlton was, especially considering we all didn't even know if he was going to make the roster. He was so bad in the preseason. And he was shanking punts in training mm-hmm. camp over the wall, and everybody was talking, oh, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I was I was literally worried about our punter going yeah. into the season. And just as Sam Franklin was kind of a guy that needed to step in, you know, Pilardi didn't play a game. Like, we needed a punter. We yeah. didn't have a punter to start the season. So, uh, you know. I'm willing to fight for Charlton if you're willing to. I'm not to... really. Like okay. I said, it was a toss-up <laughs> in my head between him and Charlton, okay. and I had a feeling you were going to pick Charlton, so I wanted to at least okay. give some love okay. to Sam Franklin for his hard work. All right. So we'll go with Charlton there. Surprise player of the year. Who? You, uh, what, did you go first on the last one? You did. 
Robbie Anderson to me. Okay. Is the guy. Um, and well, you go ahead and say who yours is. Mine is Cornelder. Okay. The guy who I yeah. have ragged on so much, mm-hmm. who has been cut from this team, who's played awful on this team, he was a lockdown nickel corner as yeah, much as great. he can be that. I mean, he has been he, – he needs to be on this team next year as that nickel corner. Yeah, I agree. The other starters, I don't know where, but – Yeah, I'll give the argument for Anderson just to talk about it. Um, I, I think that you're right on this one. Um, when Anderson came in, I expected him to be productive, but I expected him to be a one-trick pony. I expected him to be a deep mm-hmm. threat guy who ran straight lines and you know maybe caught ten touchdowns and had seven hundred fifty yards on thirty-five catches, right? Um, just a you know averaged a ton of yards per catch. He was the complete opposite from that almost. Yeah, you know he had that ability. He did catch a couple of, of long passes, but he was really a possession receiver. He only averaged like 11 and a half yards a catch, mm-hmm. um, which is right around what Curtis Samuel had. So, but he caught a ton of balls. He was over a thousand yards, first time in his career. And I just, from what I expected, he was a very nice surprise. But Cornelder, that's it, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's got to be the one. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy, we, we didn't even, I don't even remember if we picked him to make the roster. No, we didn't. I know yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Because I remember when I was doing the YouTube video, I found a image of a piece of corn with a (laughs) slash through it, like the Ghostbuster symbol. Yeah. It was a no fructose corn syrup image, and I put it on the YouTube video every time we mentioned his name. (laughs) I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. No, he he needed like three or four years to season, and now he's. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I don't think I don't think you were wrong. I mean, everything what we saw from him up to that point was, you know, complete trash almost. I mean, it was just not good. High fructose corn syrup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but this year was great, and you know, he graded out on PFF as one of the top nickel corners, and <clears throat> everything he made plays all over the field. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed against with the run year, so. and the pass. I mean, there was many yeah. times where I remember the running back going to the outside, and he would just come and clip him up, and it was a. Yeah. One yard gain. Yep. All right. Uh, play of the year. Play of the year. You go first. Carolina Panthers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I knew. I knew we were going to choose. Jeremy Chin just returned one for the a fumble for a touchdown. Dalvin Cook gets the ball, goes up the middle. It's a scrum. Jeremy Chin strips him of the ball. Gets the ball. Runs back. The touchdown, second touchdown, back-to-back plays. Jeremy Chin. That that's gonna be live in my head for a very, very long time. Yeah, I've got Chin scoop and score number two. That's what I've got written down. Uh, I couldn't think of another like play that stood out to me so much this year, other than maybe the first fumble recovery touchdown from him. I mean. <laughs> Those were the two that I was like, and because they were back to back, I think it makes them more impressive yeah. together. The second one even more so, but because he stripped the ball from Dalvin yeah. Cook, who's a top tier running back. Yeah, the yeah. only other play and I put could, points on the board. The only other play I could think of is Robbie Anderson's like fifty yard pass play where it was kind of a in dump off, one? and he just ran oh, it up to the sideline yeah. and kind of cut in. But yeah, I don't even have... remember who that was against. So yeah. I, I mean, remember, I remember the, the play who who he stripped it from. So that's yeah. got to be my play. Yeah, I think I think that might have been week one for Robbie Anderson against. No, the, it was uh, it was towards. The I know end he had I knew he had a big play with against the Raiders, um, the first week. But yeah. yeah, I think there's no other there's no other choice here. That's the one. All right, so now we're going to offensive and defensive players of the year. Uh, I went a little off beat beaten path with the offensive player of the year. Um, I've got Curtis Samuel as the offensive player. Ah, I thought about that. Yeah. Just with his rushing. But I'm going more total yards. I went DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. I think I, I he, the problem is he had some up and down games, but I think that was more just other players were getting open and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't like to throw deep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he was the other obvious choice. Um you probably could have gone with any of the three receivers. I was going to say offensive player of the year. Can we just put wide receiver for <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
to me, Curtis, it was, you know, he was just so reliable, mm-hmm. particularly on third down when you needed a catch. He was the guy. And then as the year went on, he just became so much more important to the offense. And then we saw when he missed that game it was against Tampa Bay, I think. Um, they were so just inadequate on offense. I guess yeah, they just, they just he does seem couldn't. to add something special to that offense. Mm-hmm. Even when he wasn't catching so much, he would still I, – I get it. I Like I said, he was in my head. Uh, but I gave it to DJ Moore, almost 1,200 yards. He just yeah. he just seemed like he's taking that step. <clears throat> and with Christian McCaffrey out, Teddy Bridgewater not playing that well, he was the t- person that held it up towards the end of the season. And that's why I gave it to him. Yeah, well, you know, and he had – uh, a lot of yards didn't have a ton of catches. He averaged what 18 yards a catch, I think, which was third in the league uh, in terms of average yards per catch. Um, Curtis Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey out, I think took on a lot more of the hybrid role where he mm-hmm. was, you know, running the ball out of the backfield to some success some days, not some success other days. But he had 200 rushing yards. Um, which I think led the league for wide receivers, and you know, eight hundred and fifty receiving yards or so. I think so. He had over a thousand yards. One of four players of the Panthers with over a thousand yards. I considered Mike Davis here as well, just because of the surprise angle. He was he also would would have been my surprise player of the year. Um, I think we can go with DJ Moore because this award is more on production, overall yeah. production. I think. And that's kind of what I was going with. I, yeah. I Curtis Samuel had a great year and made himself yeah. a lot of money. Yep, agreed. All right, the final one here, Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's a few choices here, but I think one stands out to me. Go ahead. See, I, I, ha- I know who you're going to pick, and I went opposite because it was a toss-up in my head between these two, and I literally was debating it. I went Brian Burns. I felt like every time... He was out there. He was making serious impact. He may have only had nine sacks this season, which is still good. But the pressure he was, he was, he's top. I don't know what number he was. He was top five in quarterback Mm -hmm. pressures in the league. And I think this defense runs on that quarterback pressure, making the quarterback throw the ball early because otherwise it's just a zone scheme. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's who I went with as well. I, I had Derek, uh, Brian Burns. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know you could have gone the chin. I guess would have been the other uh, yeah. obvious option here, uh, but uh, chin faded a little bit down the stretch, mm-hmm. and without chin in that New Orleans game, or I'm sorry, without uh, Burns in that New Orleans game, it was the worst game of the season for the yep. Panthers overall. Uh, and Burns, you know, like you said, he was. Always around the quarterback, it seemed like. He finally started started getting some sacks as the season went on. I think he probably should have ended up with like 13 sacks or 14 sacks as much as he was around the quarterback. Um, I thought it was a breakout season for him. He's going to be a really good player for years to come. And 100% Brian Burns, Defensive Player of the Year for the Panthers. Yeah. And you can't forget his forced fumbles. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he... I, I, he, he Always was stripping that ball. I'm trying to find mm-hmm. how many he had this year. He had three. Yeah, it felt which is more, a lot. but you uh, know, three is still a lot. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot of, of forced fumbles. You know, Chin. Of course, Chin had two in one game within ten seconds of each other. But you know, who's counting? I guess. No, no, no. Chin <laughs> only had one. The other was by. Oh well, else. that's true. Fumble recoveries, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, so, but uh, yeah, Brian Burns. He's the guy. He's yeah. the one. All right. Um, any other awards that are not on the list? Any surprise awards that you've come up with here? No surprise <laughs> surprise awards. Yeah. I do want to give some love to a couple defensive players that I was not expecting them to perform as well as they did. Mm-hmm. Number one, Zach Kerr. Yeah. Zach Kerr stepped in when KK Short went out. Yep. And he looked good. He looked really good. He was—he's the type of guy that we need on this roster. 
I don't know if we're going to move on from KK in the offseason or not, but I'm glad that Kerr is there for at least one more season. Yeah, Kerr is not a young guy. He is no. 30 years old. Um, so he's been he's been around the league a bit, but yeah, he uh, he was a surprise and a very welcome one. He was uh, one of the higher rated defensive um, nose tackles or interior defensive linemen on PFF. So nice job by him. Um, you know, uh, we I mentioned Mike Davis. I just want to give him another quick shout out. I think he was a huge revelation for this team. Only made three million dollars this year. Had to step in for Christian McCaffrey, and especially early in the season, was dynamite. Was you know catching mm-hmm. the ball and running the ball. His catches sort of petered out as the season went went along. They didn't go to him in the air quite as much. Didn't really have to, I guess, with the three receivers being so productive. But um, definitely want to give him a shout out. Yep. And my last shout out. I, I know I'm doing a little shout outs, but Abada. the guy oh, got yeah. cut. We didn't like yep. it. We thought he could produce here. He played multiple positions between on the defensive line, second in the team with sacks, five and a half this year, a forced fumble. He was making plays out there, man. Great job. Yep. And he should not have been cut. Absolutely. And he has earned, hopefully, another nice contract with the Panthers moving forward. I mean, I don't want to overpay him, but I do I- hope that they – yeah, I I don't know why how you can not pay him or yeah. at least give him a million or so. I don't know. I know he's probably yeah, hasn't made like, that much. Yeah, give just bring another two year deal deal or something for six million. I mean, you know that's fine with me. He's productive. Yeah. I mean, every time he's out there, it it was surprising that Ron Rivera didn't have him out there more often because it did yeah. seem like that. Well, I'm glad that the Panthers brought him back as quickly as they did because I think he would have been on the Washington football team had oh, he I been out there available for too much longer. And, yeah, he only made 750000 this year. Yeah. So I don't know what it will be to bring him back at 28, 29 <clears throat> years old and just coming off his first five-and-a-half sack season, but... He's earned some money. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope that's from the Panthers. And if not, I'm going to root for that guy wherever he goes I, because class act just does does things the right way, and I love that guy. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody ever feels ill will towards him if they do it. Kind of question you need who to they look are. at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So real quick, uh, at the end of the show here, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs. Um. And let me pull up the matchups and everything here. So, wild card weekend. Uh, we've got six games. Normally, there's four. So, extra football for us this year. Uh, so, let's just go real quick. We're going to kind of go through the first round here, pick winners, and then maybe pick a, a Super Bowl pick here. So, we'll start uh, first game. Colts at the Buffalo Bills. This is mm-hmm. the Saturday 105 game. Um. I'm going with the Bills here, and spoiler alert: I think they might go a long way. This uh, uh, postseason, I am I am picking the Bills as well. My wife is not going to be happy because there's a uh, football on Saturday and Sunday. So <laughs> that's right, all day long. Oh, she's going to have a uh, <laughs> fun day. Fun day, fun, <laughs> Sunday fun day. Uh, all right, next game on Saturday, Rams-Seahawks. I think this is probably going to be a competitive game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a very good game. I don't really like either of these teams that much. Who you got? Seattle. Seattle. I, I think Russell Wilson cooks. I think I think, I think, think he's a good, really good quarterback. I mean, a really <laughs> good quarterback's win in the playoffs. That's how it works. And Pete Carroll's is a good coach, too. It's not... Yeah, they were just so up and down this season, the mm-hmm. Seahawks. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams in this game just because I don't like the Seahawks and I want to see them lose. So, okay. You know me. I like to pick with my emotions. Uh, last game, Saturday, the Saturday night primetime game. The Washington football team hosts Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is this Gotta even go a question? Buccaneers in this the football game, right? team. Like, <laughs> the football team. Yeah, there's a football team that's going to win this game. <laughs> Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Right? I mean, they're, they're putting it together now. And in- By the way, shout-outs Tom Brady. 
at 43 years old, throwing 40 <laughs> touchdowns, I think 11 interceptions, 4,600 yards. Just the second time in his career he's thrown for 40 touchdowns. Obviously, he had the weapons this year, but 43 years old, still an accomplishment, man. Yeah. He I'm not even at 243, season. and I think I take one hit from a lineman, and I'd be <laughs> done for oh, the yeah, year, for the yeah. <laughs> five uh, years. We couldn't. I'd be in a I full would, body cast. Yeah, to hear Whitehead would destroy you or I. Oh, no, yes, no question absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving to Sunday, Ravens-Titans. I'm excited about this game. I think this is going to be one of my favorite games of the, uh, of the playoffs. Or the first round, at least. Um, I'm going Titans here. I have a feeling you're going Baltimore. Actually, I'm going Titans as well. Oh, I, okay. I don't trust the Ravens. I yeah. They just seem too wishy washy. Oh, I know people love Lamar Jackson. I just I, every time I watch him in a primetime game, he doesn't really look great to me. I'm just waiting for him to look great. Yeah, uh, they came on a little bit. At the end of the season, but they played some pretty bad teams at the end of the season too. So um, I don't know. The Titans have just been pretty solid all year long, and if Derrick Henry gets going and Tannehill can take yeah, care of the ball, I think that's going to be a AJ, tough, tough road. And, and Brown's Ravens. a great receiver, like I said earlier. As yeah, long as he can agreed. stay healthy, I feel like every game he gets injured. Yep. Uh, the four forty game on Sunday, Bears Saints. This is in New Orleans. I think this is also going to be kind of an interesting game. The Bears have been frisky lately with Trubisky coming back and seem like he figured out how to play football. Um, but I'm going to go with the Saints. Saints. Not any yeah. question. Yeah. And the primetime game on Sunday, Browns-Steelers. Uh, I don't see how anybody could pick the Browns in this game. They're going to be without a lot of their coaching staff. They're going to be without several of their players. Uh, I'm going with the Steelers, even though I think a fully healthy Browns would probably win this game. Yeah, if it was fully healthy, I'd pick the Browns, no doubt. With the yeah. Chubb and Hunt running, it mm. seems like they were doing, but too many COVID lists. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think. Even though Pittsburgh struggled lately, go yeah. on them. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've got playoff pedigree, and the Browns, this is their first year in the playoffs in a long time, so they're. I think it's going to be a, a good game, but Steelers are going to pull it out. All right, we're not going to go through the divisional rounds and all that and try to figure out who's playing who. Uh, so we're just going to go straight to the Super Bowl here. Super Bowl picks. Jerry, I'm going to let you go first. I am going to go the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they will not be knocked out this week. And <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I am going to go with the New Orleans Saints in the Super oh. Bowl. And I think it'll be a back-to-back <clears throat> championship for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's not a bad choice, Jerry. That's not a bad choice. I think it would be a fun Super Bowl, too. That's kind of why I'm picking it, too. Yeah, yeah. I've got another fun matchup, I think. Um, I've got the Buffalo Bills out of the AFC. I think they're playing the best football of any team in the league right now, mm-hmm. uh, including the Chiefs. They've just been so good. Um, Buffalo Bills going up against... The ageless wonder, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I think that would be a, a kind of a high-flying, high-scoring game. And uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. And I've got the Buffalo Bills winning their first championship. Woo, Sean McDermott. Yeah, yeah Carolina North. Would that be their first championship? Pretty sure, right? Yeah, it would be. Because yeah. they have... They went to four I know they lost in a row. In a row. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that had to hurt. <clears throat> yep, be great but, and hurt at the same time. But, you know, I would also be okay if Tom... I mean, I hate the Bucks. I can't stand the Bucks. Well, but this should. doesn't even feel like a Bucks team. Like, this just feels like Tom Brady. Yeah, this but you got like to deal Brady with the fans team. winning, too. Like I know, I know. But I like Tom Brady. I mean, I'm a Tom Brady fan, so... You got a pair of signed Uggs? I, I don't. <laughs> Should that be our next bet? If I win, you send me a pair of signed Tom Brady. Uggs. You have you have Tom Brady's signature Uggs. I've got a lot of pictures of Giselle in my house. If that you know. All right. <laughs> Anyways, next week we will start our draft picks of position eight. I don't know who we're going to start with. Um, maybe we'll put up a poll on Twitter and let Twitter decide. 
who yeah. we're going to go over. All right. Other than that, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmakespodcast.com. If you leave us a five-star review uh, with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Yeah, I think we're going to move probably to one time a week here yeah. for the next little while. Um, so the next show will be sometime in the middle of the next week. We'll try to do you know, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but until then, everybody stay safe. Enjoy the week one of the playoffs. And until next time, keep pounding. Wow, <laughs> wow,